An absolute truth is one which is true even in the face of your denial. Even if you believe to the core of your being that your thoughts do not become things, that God decides everything, your thoughts become things. Okay, you are that portion of God deciding everything in your life. Jumbo, fellow adventurer, I'm Mike Dooley, a writer, speaker, teacher on the nature of reality, specifically helping people understand how to live deliberately and to create consciously. Welcome to my Spiritual Tune-Ups podcast, where in this edition, you're about to hear a mini manifesting workshop. The title says it all. Every single Tuesday morning, I broadcast a live mini manifesting workshop, and I've been doing it for years and years for my thousands and thousands of Infinite Possibility members. With the catalog we have and the archive running very deep, we've decided to start sharing these globally to podcast listeners. If this mini manifesting workshop references a PDF download to accompany the workshop with an interactive exercise, you can find your copy at club.tut.com slash PDF club.tut.com slash PDF. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this mini manifesting workshop, one of the features of our Spiritual Tune-Ups podcast. Tally-ho, amigo, your thoughts become things, and you are utterly adored. Welcome to this week's mini manifesting mastermind workshop, Raising Your Vibe, The Truth will set you free. The first question's gotta be, and many of you have already asked, rightly so, what is the truth? Okay, and I have said and could not more powerfully reiterate or confirm that the truth is simple, that the truth is absolute. That doesn't mean you have to know all knowledge, but the truth is that you are of God, by God, pure God, full stop. The truth is that we're all one, full stop. The truth is that everything is working out perfectly. Even though we stub our toes, even though we fall down, this dream is happening inside the mind and the heart of God Almighty. It's going to be okay. We're going to be all right. We're going to wake up from this lifetime and be like, I thought that was so real. But here I am in all my glory, loved and adored, powerful beyond measure. All good. Even though there's ugly and hideous in the world, truly there is from the right perspective, high enough up with eternity before us, it's all good. These are the truths of being I have revisited several times in earlier mini manifesting workshops. I, I lay out these truths of being in infinite possibilities. These are immovable. They're absolute. Even if you say, you know, I don't believe we're all one. We're all one. I don't believe all things are God. It's all God. Okay. An absolute truth is one which is true even in the face of your denial, even if you believe to the core of your being that your thoughts do not become things, that God decides everything, your thoughts become things. Okay, you are that portion of God deciding everything in your life. So while there are an infinite number of ways to truth, all to be respected, truth is simple and it's absolute, you know, and then there's, you know, outer space and inner space and, you know, the ocean and 
10 million species. You know, I don't know all that stuff, but I know truth and you can know truth and it will set you free and it'll connect all the dots, turning poverty into wealth, sickness into health, loneliness into friends. The truth will set you free. And so the trick, my friends, is raising your vibe. What does that mean? I don't really even know, except it's just a higher resonance, um, less inner chatter, um, I, I'm sure there is something to the vibration of the energy. You know, those are those are facts, okay? And other people uh, link science to spirituality and they're doing their best. But whether or not you have your facts in order and you know all the species, your thoughts become things, you're a divine being of light. You are of God, by God, pure God. So we're going to talk about raising our vibe. And that means to me, you know, allowing in more truth, creating an easier life having faster manifestations, all right? I just want to reiterate the truths of being because, you know, if everything is hinging on them, let's not assume that we know what they are. And these are my labels. Okay, you can come up with your own labels and my labels are a bit redundant. We are all one. Thoughts become things. Life is eternal. There is only love. It's all good. Okay, that's it. You know, we're all one and there's only love. That's that's so redundant. But nevertheless, that is truth. And when we're truly in alignment with that, everything gets easier. So for our purposes here, you know, that we're not um, unimportant observers of reality. Reality is happening out there, you know, and then there's me. And this is, this is the fall from the Garden of Eden, the original sin. Oh, it's so real. I need to contend with it instead of realizing you're projecting it on the fly. So what I want to do here first, after we've now cleared up what the truths are, is to, to realize we're not observers. We're not merely observers. We're creators. We're part of that truth. We are a window, a god window. Um, we are a windows through which God perceives herself. Okay. And we are a little bit of a certain flavor of God, given our personalities, our strengths, our interests, our leanings, our inclinations, our aversions. By having different personalities, different, you know, male, female, young, old, experienced, inexperienced with regard to the illusions, that's how many more different windows into beauty and power and miracles exist. So, so ego and personality are part of the magic here, giving God, divine intelligence, another window here. So when we're talking about harnessing truth, identifying truth, and raising our vibes, we need to do it in concert with our instrument, not there is truth. Let this window in my ego die. Let me observe what God is. You didn't choose this lifetime. God didn't want to be you for self-annihilation. It's not like I've got to defeat my ego. I've got to squelch all of my desires. It's like, no, no, no. And that's part of the curriculum of raising your vibe today. So I hope I have now inserted you into the picture of what truth is, and thereby we'll know how to raise our vibe. You're an integral part of that. You are pure God of God by God. So I thought of kind of sharing with you kind of a, a vexing situation when I analyze truth and enlightenment and consider the whole thing. Uh, I, I even think there must be grades of enlightenment and realization. Because I know 
that our thoughts become things. I mean, I know that to such a core level. I know I'm responsible for all. I know all that happens to me. I know that there are no victims. I know I am pure God, radiant energy. Yet, yet, I'm not walking on water yet. I'm not pulling gold coins out of my blue jean pockets, both of which I am sure are possible. We live in a holographic universe, okay? And others have come here and done those things. Um, so, so what gives? What gives? I'm totally in line. And I would venture a guess that as an infinite possibilities member on this path for a long time, you know, we're birds of a feather and you know you're a divine streaming manifester 24-7. Yeah, are you walking on water yet? And not that the goal is to walk on water, but I, I want to kind of go to this other extreme of what, what the highest grade of enlighten, enlightenment and self-realization would be. You know, it would just be you know, spontaneous manifestations everywhere. Not that that's the goal of life, but by realizing that you are truly of God, by God, pure God, then your joy is going to be expanded. Your fearlessness will increase. Your comfort zone will be everywhere always at once. I mean, you know, life is going to get flaming hot in a really, really great way. So what gives that you and I really know that we are pure God, radiant energy. That our thoughts become things, that we are here by choice, that we're inclined to succeed, that we're pushed on to greatness, yet we still have the lions and tigers and bears. What gives? This is worthy of our deepest introspection. Okay, so here's what gives. While we believe that, and I think we do believe that, we've achieved some merit or mark on the scale of enlightenment. We also have a fixation, simultaneously a fixation on the illusions or Maya, as Eastern religions call it. We're like, ooh, look at that fast car. Ooh, look at that beautiful person. Ooh, look at that, whatever it is. It's like, and that's not bad. That's not bad. But if we're looking at it, like Adam and Eve looked at the apple, like, mm, I bet that's delicious. Pfft, you're forgetting that you are pure God projecting that apple and that, you know, everything else that you, you look at uh, with desire and admire, admiration and, you know, whatever you're thinking when you're looking at those things. So, so we're there, but we're still fixating on the illusions to a small or large degree, eating of the forbidden fruit every day. Okay. Um, we often like to jump into drama. Drama's cool, okay? Drama is spicy, wow. And, and look at, you know, if you follow politics a, a little bit, you're aware of the drama of the left versus the right and the accusations and the honesty and transparency and lack thereof. And you have some, I mean, I have like, hmm, that's not right, or this is right, or how come they don't see? That is pulling you and me away from all is supremely well. All is happening in the hand of God. Now, that doesn't mean we can't have opinions, but when we let them suck our attention and energy out of our, out of our skulls, we're taking our mind off of pure, radiant truth. I think there's a balance that can be achieved here. Um, pride, uh, that, that really draws away. Pride is born of fear. Pride is born of inadequacy. I need to be proud 
because otherwise people might not see how awesome I am. I need to be in love with myself, and you do, because I, no one can love me until I love myself. You know, a lot of these spiritual adages have a place, but at the same time, you know, pride and, you know, self-adoration could be propped up artificially and unnecessarily distracting you from the magnificence done that you are. You know, there's like rules. There's like criteria. I'm a good boy. I'm a good girl. I did this. I sacrificed. I have willpower. I'm so there. It's like, you know, you're playing the small role of human while saying I'm God almighty. My thoughts become things. That's one of the reasons we're not, you know, spontaneously manifesting just yet. Um, let me rattle through some more. Uh, we need our ego to be in check. Our ego, I love my ego. Our ego is that unique window of God, but it can run amok. You know, it's me, 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 me. And then there's you, 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 you. And that's not all is one. Everything is love. So ego's okay. Got to be in check. Anger. That's a no non-starter. Anger is never the product of spiritual perspectives. I know that you can harness anger. I know that you can be empowered forward by anger. But there's a difference between anger and aggression. And I remember Seth, dictated by Jane Roberts, went into that a great deal. Just anger, though, it, you know, something's misfiring if there's anger. Anger. Something is being misunderstood. And if there's things being misunderstood, you can claim to be God all day long and your vibe will suffer. Um, fear, obviously. Uh, micromanaging. That means not trust, you know, micromanaging the affairs of your life, the cursed hows, the cursed whos, the cursed whens, so that you can get forward. Okay. That's not delegating to divine intelligence. That's not letting it be easy. That's not allowing and receiving. So, so we want to cut out micromanagement. Resistance. Okay. Resistance is fear. I don't like this. I don't like that. It's like you don't have to like it. You can remove it from your thinking by focusing on other stuff. Resistance is not being here with the pillars of truth. Uh, you need to be judgment-free, but judgment is a slippery word when it comes to spirituality because you know, generally it has terrible connotations, and rightly so. This is good. That's bad. I'm right. You're wrong. That kind of judgment's no good. How about this judgment? I judge that all is well. I judge that God is in everything, everywhere, always at once, and I am part of that God. So, so you know, words slip and need clarity all the time when applied to truth. But to the degree that our judgments are creating separations in the world, they're offsetting our otherwise supreme confidence in I am of God, by God, pure God. Uh are we allowing and receiving? That would be a place to be. There, you can quickly see there are a lot of adjectives and, a, and therefore a lot of territory to work on to raise your vibe. So if you find yourself being critical, there's an excellent opportunity to raise your vibe. If you find yourself being bummed out and depressed, excellent opportunity to raise your vibe. Why would you, an unlimited being of light for whom all things are possible, Living your life, you're in the playground of God's mind, feel powerless, which is what depression is. Why? Okay, so go within fertile ground. You can fix this stuff. Um, so all of those things are areas that you can self-check and introspect 24-7 on the fly. Okay, on the fly. Am I in this place that, you know, where the absolute pillars of truth are? 
you know, not to deny your personality, your preferences, but, you know, am I creating separation or contradiction? Um, let's see here. To really be clear, I, I'm not saying the ego has to go. And to really be clear, great question I, I, I got last week. Um, I'm not saying desire needs to be liquefied. Okay, there is room for ego and desire while understanding you are of God, by God, pure God. You know, there's nothing, and there's room for seeing and working with the illusions while understanding you're of God, by God, pure God. I, I hope I've made that clear in these earlier talks and, and in this one as well. Why not? Why not want to go left instead of right? Yes, I'm everywhere always at once, but this unique ego perspective that is pure God would like to go play over here or play over there or learn and discover up there or down there. That's why you're here. That's why God wanted you to be you, not to annihilate you, not, not, not to disappear and die to ego and die to desire. Okay. So what happens next when we start peeling away our fixation of the, on the illusions, the drama, we stop being so critical of other people, creating more separation, and we are more and more and more dwelling in pure truth. And it's many beautiful facets like diamond. There's an infinite number of facets to truth that will empower, that will delight, that will bring about ecstasy. What's next? Well, I'm going to quote right now from the autobiography of a yogi. I finished it. Okay, it only took me about six weeks, but I finished it. Um, and th this thing I highlighted, I copied, I pasted, uh, I practically got it memorized. I love finding these nuggets, and I'll talk about that in a minute, and I'll share a few more with you. When the self is in communion with a higher power, when you've raised your vibe, okay, communion with a higher power, like you're always dwelling in truth, okay, nature automatically obeys without stress or strain the will of man. When the self is in communion with a higher power, nature automatically obeys the will of man. This effortless command over nature, meaning all of the elements, everything, circumstances, not manipulating other people, but, you know, the whole world around you. This effortless command over nature is called miraculous by the uncomprehending materialists. This is what enlightenment offers. This is how truth sets you free. You're not held down by the illusions that you're creating. You're creating them and changing them on the fly. And all time, space, and matter responds. Didn't it say in the Bible, you will do greater things than me, Jesus said. And, and that's not verbatim. And then Jesus said, you will be able to talk to that mountain yonder and tell it to move. And that mountain will move. Okay. And think of the mountains we deal with that are of great consequence. Rarely is it a physical mountain, but it's a mountain of fear. It's a mountain of self-doubt. It's a mountain of self-deception. Okay. We're going to peel that stuff away and all, we will have dominion over all things. That's what it meant. Dominion over all things. You will tame wild animals with a glance. Tigers and lions and bears will come up to you, you know, you know, wanting you to, to scratch their head. Okay. So that's what we, we are headed for. Okay. Dominion, conscious waking dominion over all 
things. Now, let me tell you my answer and some of the things I'm now doing as I press in, lean in to a more fully mindfulness of the truths of being as I express them, as I live them, as I think and speak them. Okay, for me, number one, I am yearning, yearning, yearning for truth, for immersion in truth, to taste truth, to see truth, just pure truth, because I just laid out what it promises. It sets you free. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and all else will be added unto you. I just cherry pick, you know. Seek first to know the truth that you live in this garden of Eden, that you are a creator on the fly, that you are pure God energy, God focus, and then all things will be added unto you. I used to think that meant, you know, seek first the kingdom of heaven. What, when you die, live a good life, and when you die, you'll be in heaven because you sought it your whole life by being a goody two-shoes. Now, all good things will be added unto you. That's not what it meant. It meant seek to understand that you are living in heaven on earth right now, that you're creating it, that all things are possible, that you have dominion over mountains and elements and waters and gold and friends and laughter and creativity. And in that moment, all things are added unto you. So I'm yearning, yearning for truth. Now, let me speak on yearning. Okay, this is a little complicated. Seth, dictated by late Jane Roberts. You know, I haven't read a Seth book in probably 35 years, but I have most of them. And I just love having them because I, I just like, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And I remember Seth said, action, uh, desire, desire is a form of action. I mean, it's, pfft. Seth said, that concentrated thought and desire has far more energy than that required to send a physical rocket to the moon. Let that blow your mind. Your desires, the energy that you have at your disposal, as you are now, summons and directs more energy than required to send a rocket to the moon. That's just, you know, combustion and physical fuel and, you know, a five-day ride or whatever it is. But what we weld as God particles, okay, you don't have to comprehend it too much, but just kind of get that's how powerful you are. And desire is a form of action. He did not say, Seth did not say, you don't have to show up with baby steps. You need to go out in the world. If you're not out in the world, even with baby steps, you're contradicting your own expected inevitable successes. You need to be out there even if baby steps. But coupled with that kind of action is desire intense, focused desire. Yearning means intense desire. Now, I also read in Ramtha 35 years ago, written by Jay-Z Knight. You can get these books on Amazon. Ramtha by Jay-Z Knight. Really a happy woo-woo book. That, that Ramtha said yearning reinforces the absence of what you want. And so Ramtha, words fail. They slip, whether they're biblical or Ramtha or Seth or this, our conversation now. Ramtha said yearning, intense yearning separates you from what you want. 
This is where we all have to be our own detectives. Go within. What do you think Seth meant? What do you think Ramtha meant? With a little introspection, a little scales and measuring, super clear, super easy. Oftentimes, particularly in these dark ages that we chose to be alive, when there is a yearning, like, I want it, I want it, I want it, you know, it is very much fueled by a sense of hopelessness. You know, how does everybody get it? But I don't have it. And I want it. And I want it. And I want it. You know, like, Wah! which is the same as saying, I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have it. And that separates you from it. If, on the other hand, your vibe is rising and there's more truth and you see more, you feel more optimism and you know all things are possible, even though you're distracted by the illusions, you know all things are possible. And you have this yearning that is fed in part with a knowingness that it can happen and it can happen for you and it's happened for others and they're no more divine. So it can happen to you and I want it and I want it and I want it. That is a totally different inspiration for yearning, in which case it is a form of action that will more quickly draw to you exactly what you want, if not manifest it out of thin air. So, you know, it's not hard to, to kind of discern truth when you have opposing viewpoints, when they're both coming from on high, if you will. These are very profound sources of wisdom, Ramtha and Seth. So Seth says it's a form of action. And it made me recall, and I've thought of this numerous times in my life, I've shared with you already in several man, mini manifesting workshops. There have been times in my life, um, wanting clarity, wanting a girlfriend, wanting happiness, wanting the business to, to zoom and take off and be prosperous and abundant, where I can literally remember just kind of unintentionally, but now I do it intentionally, just kind of like, oh, I want it so bad. Just naturally doing that. And when you see something that you've done instinctively, authentically, and later the results were like, oh my God, where did that come from? That manifestation, that answer to my prayer. What were my thoughts preceding it? Oh, that was when I was just like bent over like this. And when you find it, there's this like, you know, connection, somewhat of a cause and effect, then deliberately create that yearning, that that happy dance or that expression of oh, intensity. You can do it exactly like I did it, or maybe you have your own way. It doesn't matter, you know. Intensity is intensity. Focused thought is focused thought. And so now I am applying that with... The, and other, other things I'm about to share with you with the idea of my self-realization. It's like, oh, I want it. Um, let me tell you some other things that I've read and I've copied and pasted on my little online um, or I've typed it out on my online journal with regards to yearning for truth and tasting it and anticipating it. This is something that I, I'm sure many of you have already read or heard of, you know, in your life's journey. And in fact, it's so common that there's no attribution to it. So I don't know who said it first, but um, a hermit was meditating by a river when a young man interrupted him. Master, I wish to become your disciple, said the man. Why, replied the hermit. The young man thought for a moment, because I want to find God. 
No. Seeking God is seeking truth. Same, same. Okay. God gives it a personality, but not a human personality. But so, you know, that's what I'm saying. I want more truth. I want more God. Okay. So let me keep continue. The master jumped up, grabbed the man by the scruff of his neck, dragged, dragged him into the river and plunged his head underwater. After holding him there for a minute, with him kicking and struggling to free himself, the master finally pulled him up out of the river. The young man coughed up water and gasped to get his breath. When he eventually quieted down, the master spoke. Tell me, what did you want most of all when you were underwater? Air, answered the man. Very well, said the master. Go home and come back to me when you want God, truth, as much as you just wanted air. Now, it's powerful, isn't it? And in a way, it's daunting, because I've had that in my mind. I, I From time to time, I Google it and, and, and reread it. Um, now it's copied and pasted into my Enlightenment journal. Um, but it's daunting because it's like, you know, wow, do I want it that bad? I mean, I kind of want... XYZ. I kind of want all we we want all these other things in our lives to change this, to fix that, to improve the other. It's like, yeah, these things matter and they do matter. And they're part of your essence and your ego and your personality and your God bestowed desires. So it's so it's this thing passage I just read almost is like, are you ready to relinquish all other desires in your life and and to want God as much as you wanted a fast speedboat or whatever it is you might want. It's like, Oh my God, does it really have to be either or no, no, it does not. Um, you can have both, but the point to take from this passage is that if you want to raise your vibe, you want to know God better. You want to know truth better. You want to be steeped and immersed in all of your thoughts and words, you know, with a reflection of the absolute truths of being. Um, it needs to be something you really care about. It needs to be more than a, a, a passing fancy. You know, it's like, you know, I, re I really want truth so that I can win my arguments with my, my politically opposed friend. I really want to, you know... If you just want truth so that you can be further immersed in the Maya and the illusions, it's like you're not even, you're not ready for it. Go ahead and play in the illusions. And when you've been there, done that, soared and fallen and, you know, then come back to, I really want truth. No, that isn't, you can still take it and apply it, the truth to the world around you, but your desire for truth should be primary and all the other desires secondary, which doesn't mean they're not important. Whereas if your other desires are primary and you want truth to put out the fire and you want truth to, to, you know, to make all these other things happen, then, then you're missing too much truth to fully be there. You're missing that you already have all that you could want, that you can manifest very quickly, that you are an eternal being, that you are loved and adored, that you have friends everywhere in the unseen and you can have them in the scene. Do you see if there's such a separation that you want the Maya and you're going to get it through truth, you're putting the Maya before the truth, the illusions before the truth. And you're not seeing the truth that you are and can have all those things. 
I hope I, I've made that uh, clear. Um, there's something else I read in the life and teachings of the masters of the far East, which talk about yearning, you know, it just seems like too perfect the way these pieces of the puzzle are coming together in our quest for self-realization right now. But, but I vividly remember this 35 years ago. This book is on the recommended reading list I already sent you. It's a series of six, The Life and Teachings of the Masters of the Far East. It is mind-blowing. And they reference Jesus a lot. And they reference his quest and his learning curve. And they said... I'm not saying it's true, but it resonates with me that Jesus as a, a young developing master would be bent over, teeth clenched, fists clenched as well, um, saying, I know that God lives within me. I know I am the product. I am the, the, the son of God. I know that I am here to serve. I uh, uh. That comes from, I wish I had the passage for you. I don't, but, uh, but it's, it's there. I think it's one of the second or the third volume. Um, but that speaks to me comfortingly that it's not like given the attention we give to the illusions and their splendid magical nature, the hypnosis, hypnosis that we're all under makes a lot of sense. So even an emerging master is going to be going through this like, oh, you know, die to the illusions, die to the illusions, meaning put them in their proper place. Don't react to them, create them and recreate them. And even the, the okay, so I just said that. So, so I thought that was pretty powerful. Finally, with regard to yearning, and the rest of this will go quicker. Um, in the autobiography of a yogi, to quote again, the author is saying the importance of Kriya Yoga, which I think is one of many ways to get to this place of truth and self-realization. But he adds, in addition to Kriya Yoga, one of the only caveats I read in the whole book, and possess an ability to cry sincerely, Lord, I learn, I yearn to know thee. Lord, I yearn to know thee. Cry sincerely. It's like, oh my God, these pieces of the puzzle, it's like amazing. It's like, you got to care. You got to want it. Now I've rephrased that. I, I, I have been using it as an affirmation as is. And I've also rephrased it. I yearn to see pure truth for my eyes to only reveal truth, my ears to only hear truth, my heart to only feel truth. I yearn it. I yearn it in the sense that I can have it, I can have it, others have done, and I'm here for this purpose. So use Lord, or God, or Allah, Allah, or the universe, you know, whatever works for you for divine intelligence, use divine intelligence, I yearn to see pure truth. Craft your own, you know, there's such leeway and wiggle room. We're going to do this. Um, the other two things I do to raise my vibe and have been doing a lot more of this month and a few months, uh, stemming from a few months ago, I have, as I shared with you, an online journal where I am collecting all of these amazing quotes, you know, things that Jesus said and things that the yogi in the autobiography of have said, um, things, my favorite passages from illusions by Richard Bach, 
Jonathan Livingston Siegel. There's stuff about enlightenment in that. I gave you a the list of top five books for enlightenment. There's passages in there that just light me up, and I'm sure they can light you up. They light me up with joy, with excitement. They remind me of the reward, the rewards at the end of the tunnel for pursuing this. I mean, all things added unto you, pretty good reward, fun stuff, play stuff. You're not going to become enlightened and just spend the rest of your life, you know, meditating. You're going to go out and live the heck out of it for the joy of it with friends and laughter. Um, so I have this online journal that I'm constantly adding to and referring back to that's like, wow, this rock of truth. And the other thing, I've been doing some meditation visualization, sometimes fully one and other times fully the other and sometimes blended, where I literally try to create in my mind the feeling that I will have as an enlightened, self-realized being. I lean in, I pretend to be feeling it, I pretend that things are sparkling, I pretend that I'm having this altered experience, yet still present and fully cognizant of my physical surroundings, my illusionary surroundings. I imagine and visualize myself walking uh, down a path, along the beach, places I know, but all of a sudden, my self-realization is actually, I can feel it, I can sense it, it is affecting the physical space around me, plants around me, human beings around me, animals around me, rocks and sand and waves around me. It's like I can just feel it all. So that's what I'm doing time to time. Visualize, meditate that I'm already there and what it feels like and how it's an altered state and that it's a heart thing, not a mind thing, not based on logic, but on feelings. Okay, so some of your answers were really cool, and I wanted to tie this into the talk I just gave. Your answers posted on the Infinite Possibility member forum beneath the recording. Um, many of you spoke of the top three things, which is what my question was. Gratitude, reading more spiritual books. That's, yep. Acceptance of what is. Wow. Let my light shine. I mean, do you see how these tie into what I was talking about before, mitigating a fixation on the illusions, dampening out or, or eliminating fear and anger. These are great. See the miracles everywhere. See myself as one with the sky. Meditation. Uh, several said they're doing the Love Your Life in 30 Days project. Open my heart more. Visualize more. Reclaim control over undesirable urges. Fitness goals and routines. See the beauty everywhere. I've given you three things that I'm doing. I'm yearning. I am journaling, favorite quotes and reading. I am visualizing and meditating. You have given me and posted dozens and dozens. There's no limit. There's no one way. If anything I said doesn't resonate with you, don't go there. Don't do those things. Um, but anything that does resonate with you and add your own the more the merrier. There's so many ways to get to this place. You can get to enlightenment based on my life's readings, which is not much, um, through, through crises, severe crises, and you can get there through severe elation and joy. Um, rarely do people get there uh, in my life's readings sitting quietly and meditating, although quieting the mind and the drill of meditation is super powerful. But it sets people up for 
a, a later moment in the day or the week where all of a sudden there's this altered landscape and deeper realizations of truth. So there's there's no shortage of ways to get there. Um, we're, we're, we all have in common what there is. Getting there, we're talking possibilities. So something um, to help you. We have at tut.com a Raise the Vibe Facebook page. It's called Raise the Vibe. It's a Facebook page. Uh, it's private, but we let anybody go there. Um, and there's hundreds of thousands of members. And we moderate it. And we only allow like the best of the best, you know, joy-filled posts from around social media to go there. Okay? So see you at Raise the Vibe on Facebook. And um, I've got an enlightenment challenge for you. Some ideas here. I want, I want you to share what resonated with you, something, I hope, in this broadcast today or in what we're talking about pertaining to enlightenment and self-realization. What is like your takeaway? What is like that made sense? Um, I want you to play around with some of the ideas for yearning or journaling or meditating, visualizing that I shared with you, or some of the ideas others have posted. Check out all the great posts that people are offering. That's it. That's my homework assignment for you. Maybe chief among them is practice yearning with a hopeful optimism, like, I know it's mine. I know I deserve it. I know it is there. I know I can have it. I want to know truth. I want to know God. It's fun. Next week, we're going to talk about going to what hurts for self-discovery. Because there's stuff out there that hurts for all of us. Things that don't make sense. Things that don't add up. Things that distract us from truth and perhaps point to where we might be having some misunderstandings. There you have it, fellow podcast listener. Now, let's stay in the zone. If you haven't already, please visit my website, tut.com, where you can sign up, along with one million other subscribers, for my free daily notes from the universe. You can also find out about my Infinite Possibility membership for a price you choose, Every single Tuesday, I do a live broadcast, a 30-minute mini manifesting workshop. Members have access to the last 52 mini manifesting workshops, so check it out. And if you have a moment and these podcasts move you, I would be deeply grateful for a review at the Apple Podcast platform. Go to tut.com, look for spiritual tune-ups, look for the link for podcasts. If you send us a screen grab of your published review at Apple, we've got a very special bonus waiting for you. Check out the links, read all about it. Thanks for being here, and I'll see you on the next podcast installment.